it is in progress. Thank you, Ricky. Uh, hello, this is the Feel Good Album Club. Back after six months of inactivity for a brief Christmas special and a New Year's special the week after. I, am I somehow to... doubt these are going to be brief. Carry on. <laughs> I Yeah, this is going to be at least over an hour in length. Um, yeah, I am joined by previous podcast guest and co-host of the Squidge Rugby World Cup Retrospective, uh, Will, William Owen. Will Owen, hello. Hi, thank Merry you, Christmas. thank you for uh, for having me back. Merry Christmas. Um, it's it's weird because listen- go on. When the listeners are listening to this, this will be Christmas Day. It is Christmas Day. It's twenty yes. December. Merry Christmas. Of course, since I last came on the, the the podcast, my landscape has changed because I actually got a real job talking about the thing uh, I talk about on my podcast. So I feel like a much more legitimate guest now, rather than just somebody who has a, a shit podcast where they actually avoid talking about the thing it's meant to be talking about, which I imagine is right going to be similar vibe to what we're doing today. So yeah. Yes. So. For those of you unfamiliar with the Feel Good Album Club or have a really short memory, um, basically we just talk about albums. Um, the, the usual thing we do is we get someone on and they talk about an album they love, an album that may not necessarily be their favourite album of all time, but one that is close to their heart, one that makes them feel good, one that gives them like just that light. Um, and. But today is a bit of a subversion of that. Um, we'll explain later. Um, I assume you're having a nice Christmas, William. Yeah, it's fine. Thank you. How about you? Yeah, I've opened all my presents. I've had four bottles of Baileys already. Um, oh, nice. Congrats. I'm on the water today, like a like a, a person. <laughs> like a person. Yeah, I'm... It's my favourite Madonna song. This is, this is Purple Baileys. Oh, nice. Nice. For the listeners who can't have any visual aid, uh, Purple Baileys is just Baileys, but it's purple. Um, right. <laughs> anyway, this is going to be a good podcast because before listening to this, I hadn't heard this album before. William hadn't heard this album before. Let's discuss our history with the band Kaiser Chiefs. Okay, okay. Where do you want to start is the question. Now, by... For full disclosure, Kaiser Chiefs are not my one of my favourite bands. They're not one of William's favourite bands. <laughs> Certainly not one of mine. <laughs> but cast your minds back to 2017. This mm-hmm. is the Why Not Festival. And yes. Friday night, um, it is chucking it down. Um, yeah. The headlines that night were meant to be the vaccines, but they had to pull out. Um, and so... Frank Turner could he could play a set that was headlining the second stage. So me and William went to see it, see him, yeah. and it was very good as he usually is. And there was this kebab kebab tent called Kebabalon, um, yes. which we went to because of uh, your, a song you've written and passed called Babylon, which is a, a fantastic song. I will add. It's a bit of a banger, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of one of the best songs you've you've ever written. I will add, uh, in my written, opinion. It was written by a band called Fleets. Um, keep your eyes open for any future Fleets news. Um, oh, and the future may be medieval, but it could be good as well. It could be, yeah. Like 
actually could have some decent music. Um, anyway, um, also any Arab strap fans in the house? Um, yes. They've got a track called Kebabalon off their recent they album. They do indeed. They do indeed. I remember messaging you about that as soon as I first heard that and just being buzzing and not knowing what to do with the information. No, like... I listened to that album like a couple of months after you messaged me. I was like, okay, um, is this actually going to be a meme album? But it's not. It's like a really good no. album. It's no, no, no. It's good. It's good. Uh, but I also saw Kebabalon at Glastonbury in 2019. Oh, so we're a travelling tent. I, yeah, so I can only assume that um, Mr. A. Strap has heard them, you know, has seen a Kebabalon tent maybe at Glastonbury or another hmm. similarly similar festival. Uh, the sort of because they usually play like Green Man and stuff like that. They play the, yeah. those kind of festivals, don't they? Like, and... End of the road and stuff. Like uh, I feel like they've time. probably they've probably seen a Kebabalon at one of those places and thought sounds like a banger. Yeah, um, that's how most songs unbelievably work. Um, yeah. What were we talking about? Oh, yeah, Arab Strap. Uh, the Bell and Sebastian song, The Boy with the Arab Strap, that's where I thought they got their name from. But oh, is it not? They named that song after Arab Strap. And oh, okay. That apparently pissed Arab Strap off. Really? Okay. Yeah. So there's a bit of a beef between two Scottish. That's quite interesting. Do you reckon, do you reckon like um, David Burns pissed off at Tom York for naming his band Radiohead? I don't know. Like, I've never really researched that. Um, yeah, because like Radiohead are probably, I mean, Talking Heads are obviously massive, but Radiohead are probably bigger than Talking Heads are now. Yeah. And like now, uh, they've probably overtaken them because Radiohead are, have been like one of the biggest bands in the world for, you know, 20 plus years. Um, it makes you wonder, uh, does David Byrne think, I, I deserve a songwriting credit, for, but like a name writing credit for them? Yeah, like so he'd get he'd get like credits in every single Radiohead song because he yeah exactly existence. yeah, yeah. Um, also like Radiohead probably isn't one of Talking Heads' biggest songs like no it's to be honest it's not that good a song no and the Boy of the Arab Strap is Bell and Sebastian's biggest song so right yeah I'm not that into Bell and Sebastian so I don't really know I, they're one of those bands I've always me- like been meaning to kind of get into because. I always like kind of the other bands that sort of, that people are people who are into Bell and Sebastian also like, but uh, I've never really like ventured into them myself. Yeah. But I like their... you know, you, you know the band um, Pulled Apart by Horses. Yeah, Tom York has a song called F- "Feeling Pulled Apart by Horses," and I can only assume that that's what they're named after. But I can't find anything about this online because it's such an obscure name yeah. that you can only get directed to one or the other. Yeah, I don't know, like. It's quite a weird band name to have just come up with out of the blue. Like yeah. either they were listening to Tom York or like they saw one of their friends getting pulled apart by horses and like, shit, shall we help him? No, let's name our band after this. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I think that is the best homage to any friend is just name your band or whatever artistic project you're doing after their death. Yeah, why, why the hell not? Um, Specifically the cause of death. Speaking of why not, um, we were at Cabal oh, yes. 2017. Yes. Um, it was chucking it down. Um, yeah. you were eating a kebab. Um, I was. was. Um, it was a nice kebab that was. And then suddenly, you start singing "Every Day I Love You Less and Less" by the Kaiser Chiefs. By the yeah. Kaiser Chiefs. So I had not heard that song in probably upwards of about three years, and for some reason, it just got stuck in my head after a Frank Turner gig. Um, I don't know why, um, but it, that was just stuck in my head that day. Um, and I, I just, it's one of those because the song pretty much only has one line that's repeated. Um, uh, it was, it was very easy to just keep stuck in my head and just, just sing along to it without noticing I was doing it, you know? 
Yeah, uh, and that kind of oddity, it just became our Friday night kind of catchphrase. It became kind of... Yeah, a bit of an it spiralled. Then we just shared it with the rest of the group, and yeah. then it, it, it became like a bit it of a... Course on. It did, it did. Massively so. So, so two days later, um, the whole Sunday of the festival is cancelled. Um, no bands, nothing. Um, we've still got booze left. Um, yeah. People flinging toilet rolls across the campsite and all that kind of stuff. Camping chairs going flying. People getting decked with tent pegs and stuff, you know, the whole lot. Which we at the Feel Good Album Club do not endorse. If you're going to a festival, no. take everything home with you. Do not be like us huh? silly, silly little children. Um, it wasn't us. It wasn't us. It was no, just it people wasn't around us. us. Wasn't us. Wasn't us. We kept everything. We took everything home. We're nice. We we, we, we do as we're told. Um, yes. But anyway, um, so we were... <laughs> We were probably Carry still on. a bit wavy, to be honest. Um, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, I got hammered the night before. <laughs> yeah, it was after Stereophonics, and um, yeah. we were getting through all our booze. Uh, we were still kind of drunk when we got into the car home, and we decided to just listen to Every Day of Love, Be Less and Less, naturally. Um, yeah. The theme song of the weekend. Um, I don't know where the idea came from, but by the time we'd come back to Nottingham, uh, we heard listened to it 52 times we had and no other songs no other songs nice. so we just decided i think we decided on that sunday morning before we got in the car should we decide haha on the way home should we just listen to that song on repeat until we get back oh yeah that would be funny and then obviously we got stuck in the car park for like an hour um and then you know trying to get our way out of matlock uh was pretty fun so um yeah we listened to it 52 times and then because everyone had the day booked off work the next day um everybody came well not everybody a few people came around mine for a couple of drinks that night uh, after a shower and we listened to it a few more times as well as some other songs this time but yeah and yeah a legend was born um a, a meme was born a meme was born an ironic appreciation of kaiser chief <laughs> soon came a out very simplistic that. approach to songwriting yeah um yeah um we thought to ourselves wouldn't it be great if they were booked next year and then like a christmas miracle we the lineup for why not 2018 was announced and kaiser chiefs were playing yeah that was incredible it was brilliant because like it was on those things where you know, because they were booked a sub headline, we probably thought they were going to headline, but them as a sub headliner is a really good booking for a festival the size of why not because it's just kind of one of those things where you don't care how actually good the, the songs are, just so long as you can have a laugh to them, you know, when you've had a few beers with your mates in a field, you know, it was perfect booking it was it was brilliant. Yeah. And from that ironic appreciation, we saw their set and they were actually genuinely... They were genuinely good. brilliant. They were probably they, the best band were... at the festival. And I think they, they probably were, yeah. And for full disclosure, this festival had booked my two favourite bands ever, the Libertines and the Manics, on the same night. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Both of them out of the wall. That was a good Manics gig as well. But that yeah, was, that, yeah. That, that Kaiser Chiefs one was something else. Probably because probably we didn't expect them to actually be unironically good, but they really were. Like, they, they really knew what they were doing in, in terms of, like, playing it you know a show like that where they're on second to last and they're kind of like the big warm-up act you know uh, i think they were, they were really good we made a sign um but it said every day i love you less and less on it um yeah they opened on it and we yeah they did the crowd yeah with our good friend daniel marshall big up daniel marshall um if you're listening to this um yeah that was a fucking good night to be honest that was um, a good night that was a good weekend 
uh, was a good weekend. It might have been Radio One's big weekend. Um, yeah. But yeah, then we saw them at Rock City in 2019 um, on their. It was kind of like a small venue tour to warm up for their upcoming album, which was called Duck. Um, yes. That was a good gig. I think it was Valentine's Day or the day before. Yeah, it, I think I think you're right. I think it was the day before. And we bought tickets about an hour before they came on stage, I think. Yes, just, yes. Just we saw discounted tickets on Twitter and just thought it would be funny if we went uh, and saw them yeah, again. We didn't book them Bearing in mind how good they were first time. Yeah, yeah, no, no. We, we booked it literally on the day uh, just because it would be funny. And we went and we had a blast again. Um, but uh, we met Ricky Wilson outside. We did, um, we did. We met a very special person outside the gig. Yeah. Uh, got a nice photo with him where he's uh, pretending to hit me over the head with a mallet, which is probably a story for another day. And yeah, then uh, we went to um, the Rescue Rooms bar in Nottingham and we sang Everyday Lovely Lessons on karaoke. Yeah. Straight after, like, within about five minutes of meeting Ricky Wilson just next door. And the thing is, when you're when you're waiting outside to meet a band, like, it, it takes usually hours, but, like, it took, like, half an hour. He was, he was out in minutes. And, like, the thing is, usually it's quite, like, a nerve-wracking thing of, like, oh, my God, it's this artist I really look look up to. And we just thought it would be funny if we did that. It would just be funny if we, we just met not, Ricky Wilson. We and like because like Ricky Wilson in any yeah. way. Well, we do, but... Because um... it, it was... In, yeah, yeah, of course. There was, there was other people out there who were, like, genuinely quite big fans, I think, who were kind of stood with us. And then uh, we just were just there, like, oh, wait, oh, that, that's Ricky. Oh, okay, hi, mate. And shook his hand and... Uh, Told him the story um, that we listened to Everyday Love and Less and Less uh, 20, uh, 52 times on the way home from Why Not. And he said, um, oh, I'm sorry to hear about that, uh, was his exact reaction. And he, he was a gent. He was a oh, nice Ricky. guy. Typical Ricky. Yeah, he was actually really nice. Um, and yeah. Uh, he played along with it, didn't he? You know, Always meet your heroes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if they're not actually your heroes. Um on a similar story to that, we were coming home from a Frank Turner gig in Birmingham. Well, not yes. home, the hotel. And the hotel. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, we were in Birmingham. Unfortunately. And the O2 Academy, the O2 Academy was next to the hotel. Uh, that wasn't yeah. where the gig was. We were at the Symphony Hall. But the Darkness were playing the O2 Academy that night. In December as well. So they're playing their Christmas tunes. And we were coming home absolutely plastered, going all the way to the hotel. And <laughs> that was a hell of a gig. There were people waiting outside to meet the darkness and we thought shall we just go go along and meet the darkness even though we've not yeah. been to the gig and we're not actual fans and just pretend oh. that we had you know and just yeah. basically oh, the line i was going to say to justin show. hawkins was oh yeah we've seen you three times and that was the best one i've ever seen we hung around for about five minutes and realized we were kind of trespassing and probably being dicks and uh yeah you know like um the, the, I think the darkness have embraced being a meme, so I think that it's probably unfair on them to take the piss out of them. Yeah, like, and yeah, I do quite like the darkness. Um, not a huge fan, but I feel like I would have been intruding on genuine fans. Um, yeah, yeah, and there were some stood in front of us, you know, like uh, waiting for Justin Hawkins's emergence. And also, it was absolutely freezing. Um, this was it was it was Baltic, yeah. Um. Anyway. Um. Why not Festival 2019? Um, Kaiser Chiefs released Duck um, that weekend. Um, yes. We have a listening party at a campsite. This is a big event. Yes. And um, it turned out that our friend Marshy, who I've already mentioned, put it on shuffle by accident uh, <laughs> right until the end. But yeah, no, it's pretty funny how they released that album on the anniversary, pretty much, of uh, yeah, the event. Be less and less event. Yeah, they know, yeah. They know Ricky coordinated it. 
yeah yeah it was it was a great day today is going to be a great day no matter what yes thank you um, mr motivator then 2020 kaiser chiefs are on their duck arena tour the first date of the tour is at nottingham arena um on ricky wilson's birthday oh yeah with razor like supporting again another band with whom we have a sort of thing about like an ironic kind of jokiness um it's not an appreciative one though they are straight up shitty indie landfill like (laughs) there's no hiding from landfill but i used to really like razor light when i was like 17 to be fair but razor light are a bit of a punchline to us Um, they are yeah yeah i we saw we've seen them twice we saw them at that that same why not 2018 that kaiser chiefs headlining the thursday (laughs) yes Kids opening mosh pits. Kids opening mosh pits. Touch. Golden touch. Like they're doing the ball of death, spreading the out. Heavy hits. Drop foot's never gonna come. Yeah, um, yeah. They started doing the rowing thing. Uh, I don't oh, even remember that. Um, raise up. They don't really have any moshy songs. Like you're just wasting your time. No. The highlight of that set was after they'd finished, and the tannoy started playing "Red Bone" by Childish Gambino, oh, yeah. and the whole crowd were loving it. And it was like, yeah, okay, that was worth watching Razorlight for. Better than their entire set. Yeah. I mean, the next year we went to Why Not White Lies headline Thursday, and oh Christ, that was that was worse. Like somehow, actually, because I've been to three Why Nots. I think I think three, yeah. And somehow Razorlight are the best Thursday headliner I've seen. Because the other two were White Lies and Feeder, uh, who were both pretty crap. Like I like Feeder and both t- I've seen them twice and honestly, like uh I saw them at Victoria's Festival this year, uh, on the Friday, and honestly, their set made the previous time I saw them look like Queen at Live Aid. They were they were that bad. I I I like White Lies. I think they're a great band, but that, that gig. Was I don't, uh, really yeah, bad. I don't mind White Lies. Just they were. I mean, I used to. Uh, to be fair, I think at the time of watching that gig, I was really cynical towards them because I think I, I I didn't really think I liked them. And I, I've listened to them a little bit since and gone. They're okay, but they were crap live. Yeah. yeah. Yes. That was a yeah shockingly bad gig. Um, I, maybe I'd appreciate them more if I saw them like at a smaller gig, like their own gig, like a Rock City or something. Yeah, but... maybe, maybe, or if they had a shorter set, maybe, and it wasn't a, like a big headline performance where yeah. there was you know fucking nobody there, like for a yeah. headline show. Like we were like just chilling, and suddenly I was like, oh shit, they're on. And we could have like... got to the barrier like yeah. literally after arriving at the the you know after they'd started performing uh, if we wanted to. Anyway, um. So Kaiser Chiefs, they play Nottingham Arena, and it is, again, a really, really good gig. Um, yeah, yeah. What happened next in the Kaiser Chiefs pantheon? I don't think anything. Like, then Lock- Locky D happened, and yeah. we've not seen them since. Uh, they've not released no. any album since. Um, we have somehow managed to see them three times. I would I would proclaim them as the world's greatest shit band. And so- I think that in ter- as far as indie landfill, you know, shit bands go, I-, I would genuinely say that they are the best of the lot. Because, like, I know that the tunes are all shit, but you can enjoy them after a few pints, you know? Like, uh, and, like, I've enjoyed every single one of those gigs that we've been to, you know? Yeah. And, again, Ricky Wilson is probably the world's greatest shit lyricist. Um like yes i can't believe once you and me did sex um that is great from... great lyric um is a word that is long it's just putting punk back into a punctured lung um 
what do you want for tea? I want crisps. That's a great one. I That's a belter. I just did. Um, there is... Ooh. There is... Na, 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 na. He does not one. listen. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Man, what? he's he's full of him. But the thing pretty is, like... the entirety of I Predict a Riot. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, pretty much the entirety of anything he's written. Like, he's... Uh, the thing is, he really... He does embrace it. And I, I've got a lot of time for Ricky Wilson because I think he's um he's extremely self-aware in the, the jokes that surround him and what he does. And I think uh, he's he's very good uh, as a performer. And as I say, he's he's genuinely very funny. I think that I've, I've actually got a lot of time for him. I've got a lot of respect for him. I've listened to his podcast before as well, and I actually find that very entertaining. So Yes. Um, uh, for the uninitiated, he's got a podcast called Pop Detectives that he does with Tony Blackburn. And apparently yeah. it's actually really good. It is. It is. I, I can vouch for that podcast. It's it's a lot of fun. Ricky, come on. Um, So, every time we've seen them, though, um, they've done songs from their first album, Employment. They've done yes. songs from their second album, uh, Yours Truly Angry Mob. Both uh, very commercially successful. Why wouldn't you do songs from them, you know? Yeah. Um, you had done songs from their third album, Off With Their Head. Um, they've done songs from their fifth album, In Education, Education, Education and War. They've done songs from their sixth album. Um, I've forgotten the name of it. You're oh, doing stay very together. well. Stay together. Stay together. Stay together. Okay. And they've done songs. I assumed you were reading off a sheet there, but that's no, very all impressive. Memory. All memory. No. You pick up a Your lot. Kaiser Chief knowledge is very good. Um, and then they've done songs from their seventh and most recent album, Duck. But throughout all that time, we've heard nothing from their fourth album, which is called The Future is Medieval. Now, if you were to browse that track listing, then you, you could probably not think of any of those songs. You couldn't hum any of them. So the singles like Little Shocks and Kind of Girl You Are, I had no clue how they went. Like I'd never heard of them. So we actually, we browsed this whilst we were uh, getting ready to go to another gig, didn't we? And yes. we discovered that this this album existed and kind of went, how has this happened? How, how is there such a thing as a Kaiser Chiefs album that just genuinely like this this didn't this because you know they got there were three albums deep as you say like at this point you know the fourth album can kind of make or break a band right like uh, but this didn't either somehow like this album just went completely unnoticed the world just did not realize that this had been released uh, and that to me fascinated me especially with a title such as the future is medieval there's it's quite a dark title and so it didn't feel very characteristic of the Kaiser Chiefs yeah so full context um. Future is Medieval is their fifth, no, fourth studio album. Um, it was released in 2011, um, the year before they released their singles compilation. So either it did so badly, like commercially, or did it? Let me have a look. It got to number 10 in the UK albums chart. Ah, yeah, true. So they must have thought, right, let's release our greatest hits afterwards and like gather on those losses. Um, it was wildly... It was produced by Tony Visconti. That's mental to me. So that was last night. I, well, I listened to this because we both listened to this the first time last night, didn't we? Yes. Um, and when I did that, so I, I looked at the Wikipedia page beforehand and I had to do a double take when I saw it was produced by the Tony Visconti. Uh, that that seemed mental to me that he would ever approach, you know, he would ever accept doing a, a Kaiser Chiefs album, especially one that wouldn't, you know, wasn't going to do commercially successful because it's very different from what they've done in past. So yes. this fascinates me already that this album exists. Yeah, it's mental. Like, 
also this is the last album to feature their original drummer nick hodgson um right okay the full like this album kind of had a bit of a gimmick to it like on the website um you could choose your own track listing um it had there was 23 tracks and you could choose 10 of them you can choose your own artwork and that would be your version of the album so this isn't really an album in a sense what we're discussing today is the the album that it's was mixtape yeah this is their, their their choice the one the standard release because we're, we're old-fashioned mm. like that we're gonna yeah. talk about the tra- tracks that are on the standard version of the cd because we're like you know we were born in nine. so it does mean the seven tracks they released that we're not going to discuss right no no we're not going to discuss them because it's it, it'll be three hours on that and like yes. and yeah we're gonna we're gonna trust the band here on yeah. their version of the track listing um so yeah the future is medieval this is again it's we're already in... very interesting should we talk about the title the future yeah. is medieval because Again, like if you, you you contrast that with yours truly angry mob, that just sounds very in keeping with what that album is. You know, it sounds like you know you got what angry mobs on there. You've got what what the tunes are on that album. You've got um, Ruby. Uh, uh, Ruby's on there, isn't it? Yeah. Everything is average nowadays. Right. Okay. All of these just like standard pop tunes. You know, it 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 correlates. Employment sounds exactly like the album, like what that album is. It's it's a straight like middle of the road this is you know noughties indie it's got you know like um i predict a riot on it it's got everyday love you less and less on it it's got like all of those tunes on it uh, and it just sounds like exactly what it is whereas this as i say it's quite a sinister title the future is medieval because there's something quite somber to it there's something very pessimistic to it it's not very bubblegum pop all of their album titles so far have kind of been like big statements like almost kind of political in a way like employment you know, you got a point. yours truly angry mob off with their heads the future is medieval education oh my education god you're right war like i never clocked that leaders of the revolution yeah yeah yeah. step down joe talbot there's a new king in town <laughs> right um anyway what was i going to say um the title yeah it's quite it kind of sets the scene for how the album is going to go um, I think that it, that's where our curiosity started, wasn't it? Realistically, we in, was the title. We were in Leeds. Um, it, we were going to see the Manix at the O2 Academy this year. Um, yeah. We were getting drunk, as we often do. And yeah, the subject of this album came up and we thought, if if if, if it's going to, we should do a, a podcast episode on this. Like, this isn't necessarily a feel-good album, but it's a curiosity. It's just interesting. Yeah, it is. Because and... it's kind of like, it's the anomaly that that is in the whole of, you know, I, I hate to keep using the term landfill indie, but, you know, of noughties indie, um, that it strays away from the norm. Yeah, yeah. So we had to cover this. And yeah, what could be more Christmassy than a Hidden Kaiser Chiefs album? Right. Exactly. Sleigh Bells Ring, are you listening? Uh, so shall we go track by track on this? little boy let's do this let's do this <laughs> little boy oh let's not so track one the lead single off the album little shocks i was convinced that little shocks was a biffy clyro song and then i realized i must have just been confusing little hospitals and shock shock 
My first thoughts when listening to this was, like, what the hell is this? This isn't very pop. It's weird, isn't it? I'm really not sure because, like, on one hand, I was kind of expecting, like, oh, yeah, I mean, it's a Kaiser Chief song, so, yeah, you're expecting, like, uh, pianos going, and then going, na, 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 you know, you're expecting just that and basically nothing else. But instead, you know, like, I thought, well, with it being the future is medieval and the album literally nobody knew existed, like, there was part of me thinking, is this going to be some really dark, like, you know, like Bowie on drugs era shit? Like, is he going to go it go like Paul Pink Floyd on this? But no, um, it's like it's somewhere quite in the middle. So I find it quite hard to read into what this, this the tone this is setting for the album at this stage. Not very like big lead single kind of thing like no it's for the first track it's, it's it's quite again you can tell tony visconti is producing this um it's maybe they know it as well because they're trying to like kind of lean into that kind of experimental we'll get more on track onto that like on the next track but like yeah definitely it's it's got a very kai's chiefsy chorus like but it's quite I, I'm, I'm going to subvert what you said and say that I think this is kind of they're trying to. If you li- if you listen to the lyrics, like I wish I could give you undivided attention every minute of the day, but I can't. I think this is a breakup album. Okay, that's quite interesting because um, I kind of developed a theory while listening through this that um, I will come on to this more as as we get through the tracks. But I think that. Um, uh, the protagonist, Ricky Wilson, softens up as the album goes on. Um, and I think at, at, at this point, um, he's a bit a bit more stubborn. Yeah. Um, and I, I think you might be right that, that this is quite um, this is quite a heartfelt album for him. And he, he finally felt like I need to write something other than just like we are the angry mob. You know, that he, he wants to write some real songs about real stuff, you know? Yeah, I think like this it's it's quite a weird conceptual piece this album is like when sure. we were at the, when we were at that pub in Leeds we were saying is this going to be Kaz Chief's Pinkerton or like yeah the yeah, Bible yeah. or Blood on the Tracks like really really yeah, looking like yeah. that like wish you were here yeah yeah it's a dis track dis track um what you mentioned earlier about kind of the Biffy Clyro connection like shock shock yeah and little hospitals I think I just kind of jumbled those up together oh, and thought. This sat, I, I could have sworn Little Shocks was the title of a Biffy Claro B-side, but I think I've kind of like uh, jumbled together too and uh, and made up a Kaiser Chiefs song. Yes, as they often do. Um, speaking of jumbling things together, um, here is track two. Oh, no, uh, here is track two from the album. Things change because they do. It's not right. <laughs> Thank you. 
Now, what I can imagine is Ricky Wilson just looking at a book, thinking, how do I write a David Bowie song? Yeah, yeah. I think it's Only very... coming in. You need to impress him. Yeah. It's extremely sort of um, Scary Monsters kind of vibes. That kind of era, David Bowie. Uh, maybe a little bit of Lad Insane. But of course, Scary Monsters, I did have to double check, was produced by Tony Visconti. So yeah. I, I imagine that he had quite a heavy influence on maybe the writing of this song. But like, honestly, if you subbed out Ricky Wilson's um, vocals for somebody who sounded vaguely like David Bowie, I would maybe believe you that that was a song that he had written, you know? Yes. Um, because the melodies of the last and living bit. Yes. Like, so, sound and vision. Yeah, that is extremely Bowie-ish. Like, as I say, like, kind of scary monsters kind of aesthetics to this. Yeah, like, it's definitely, it's got that kind of, like, weird synthy exploration, like... Yeah, and the Bowie, bass and the piano say, on it. I was about to say Berlin Trilogy kind of thing, but that was Eno, um, so... Yeah, like, I, I wouldn't quite go as far as um, Berlin Bowie, but I think maybe, I don't know, I don't know. Uh, again, we've got some classic R Ricky lyrics here. Friday night, lose a little liberty. Yes. Saturday night, lose a lot of money. Sunday night, it's great about Friday. Like, Big move. It's great because I've just said like, um, oh yeah, you know, it sounds like it sounds like it sounds like Bowie. This does, and then that chorus comes in. It's like, okay, you are still Kaiser Chiefs. It's, it's great to see you're still human, there. lads. Great to see you're still in there. Still in there, just still punching. Um, yeah, things do change almost every day in almost every way. Yeah. Um, also, the chorus, the chorus, uh, the things change melodically reminds me a bit of Drunk Girls by LCD Sound System. Yeah. The Drunk yeah, Girls. Yeah. That was released, this was released a year after that album, I believe. And Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. I, I checked this yeah. before when I uh, thought of that kind of um, comparison. So I also find it interesting that um, he mentions both um, Saturday Nights and um, Sounds of Modern Living. So I oh, wonder if that's a yes. callback to like modern way Saturday nights, like you know the uh, the, the whole employment uh, debut. I wonder if there's there's that's a bit of like a kind of reflection on that. Um, is this is this too much GCSE English bullshit? I'm uh, reading into this here. They deserve it, Kaiser Chiefs. They deserve this level of analysis. They do. They do. We're probably the first people to do this, and they well, probably would have welcome to things change, a Kaiser Chiefs podcast. Um, yeah, yeah. Things definitely do change as well. Like some things, not everything, but things do change. Things. So like that's that's a factually true statement in the title of this song. It's it's not like full like keen kind of everybody's changing. No, 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 like, no, no. This is just things. It's just not everything. Um No. It, things again, change. Lyrics are quite bleak again, like sights and sounds of modern living. I just can't do without the sights and sounds of modern living. It was almost if like he's de like developed this kind of addiction to like hedonistic pursuits of like nightlife and yeah just looking looking at the final lyric of the whole piece i told the doctor separators he warned us both may not survive things change Break i have no album. idea what that means but it's quite bleak yeah. Break up album. this is it yeah this is it's telling this is a dark album this is kaiser chief's darkest moment this is bleak yeah the future is medieval man the future is medieval because famously, like relationships in medieval times, they they were fractured. Things do change. Um, yeah, I I actually quite like this track. It's quite it's definitely one of my favourites on the album. I prefer it to Little Shocks. That's for sure. Yes, yes, definitely Little Shocks. I just kind of forgot it the moment it ended. Um, yeah, yeah. This it is like 
um, a bit of a huge tune. Speaking there is of, a Bowie-esque quality to it. Yes, and that can only be a good thing. Speaking yes. of good things, um, track three, um, we're a long way from celebrating. And again, no spoilers, but I really do like this one. I'm only here trying to make a living. I need another midnight's idea. 45 bottles they abandoned. And my discount disappeared. Two lines written in the papers. One of them is my name. I'm a long, long way from celebrating. And it's never gonna be the same. Huge tune, big chorus, big arena chorus. It's very them, but the intro, it's kind of like, I, I got Ghost Town vibes by the specials. Oh, okay, that's quite interesting. I can I can kind of see that now you say it. I, <clears throat> excuse me, I can't decide kind of where I stand on, on this song because um, there's, there's something, uh, I think it usually bugs me when somebody goes from uh, a verse like that and then just jumps into something completely different in the chorus. Sometimes it's brilliant, um, but I don't know. It's a funny one. It's a funny one. It kind of feels like maybe you couldn't find a chorus within the melody you'd already written, so you just jumped to something much heavier. Yeah. But, you know, I say this as somebody who's, you know, never written a song before, so um, make of that what you will. Maybe they're just like, scroll. we're like, oh, shit, we need, an, 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 we need a chorus of this, and just scrolling through old demos, like, oh, that works. And just, yeah, yeah. And to be fair, like sometimes that does work quite well. You know, I've heard kind of stuff where that has worked in past. So, yeah, it's interesting because I've I've written down here as I've been listening to this three tracks in and still no na 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 nas in the whole. No, so no, far. the na na count is depressingly low. Yeah, it's it's quite um quite shocking that is. If you were playing the Kaiser Chiefs drinking game, then you'd be stone cold sober. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, th but that said, you know, you could you've got. Some classic Ricky Bolson lyrics in here. Ever since I knew you were crazy, you're like a human TV. Spending some time with you is some challenge, with a reaction guaranteed. We'll be at home. Uh, we'll be home in time for tea and bagels, and let the uh, let them lick the pattern off the plate. But I'm a long way from celebration. It's going to be bittersweet. See, Genius.com says we'll all be home in time for tea and medals. Oh, Wait. okay. Does I don't I, tea and bagels. bagels scans a bit better. Bagels is a bit more specific. Because you're not going to be eating medals, are you? No, Unless, no. I, I mean, think, I think it's bagels. He is knowing Ricky Wilson as well. well. Like he loves just name dropping brands and stuff like that. Like he loves being very Pac specific. Stronger than a powdered Pac-Man. Like, yeah, exactly, exactly. He loves to just like chuck in like really like specific references. I mean, you are like a human TV. Yes. What does that mean? Because <laughs> you've got a lot of channels, like. You've got You're square, like a detuned radio. Got square face. Um, like again, uh, this is quite a dark lyric. Like Ricky is a long way from celebrating. Like yeah, I think I kind of hadn't considered how bleak a title that is. That that that, that just the straight up like. Uh, face value interpretation of that lyric is just that like you're not having a good time. I mean. We're, this is Christmas, so we are not a long way from celebrating. We're fine. It's true. It's um, true. 
So, um, I think it should have been a single. You think? Yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far, but I can see why they front-loaded the album with this. Yeah, I really like this track. Um, because it's melodically a bit more upbeat, a bit kind of heavier, as I say. It's got, like, it's got some guitars big, in it. I really like the production as well. Like, I mean, obviously, it like, they've got a good producer, yeah. so it helps. Um, yeah. But... Yeah, I, I, I really like this track. I probably might pop this in a future playlist. Like, I'll probably come back to it, like, after... Mm, I've, interesting. After I have no, nothing to do with this album ever again. Um, interesting. Anyway, speaking of nothing, um, apparently track four starts with nothing, but it doesn't actually start with an intro, um, but goes a little something like this. Fantastic segue. I'm getting better at these. Starts with nothing and it ends in nothing. You start with nothing and you leave with nothing. It'll start with nothing and we'll end in nothing. You arrive with nothing and you leave with nothing. Honestly, this is my favourite track on the album. Really? That's yeah. quite interesting. So, uh, the, the intro to this also has reminds me of LCD Sound System. There's yeah. a little bit of All My Friends in the, in the keyboard. I'm doing a bit of a James Murphy impression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do wonder if that, that was good, because, like, you do often have that where, like, something has just peaked and then suddenly everybody's influenced by him a little bit. Like, um, I'm listening to... Um, uh, Brandon Flowers talking about releasing Hot Fuss and he was just there like we were completely stuck you know pardon the the killer's pun stuck in a rut um, before releasing Hot Fuss and then suddenly listening to like you know the sudden explosion of stuff like Franz Ferdinand and even Razorlight and bands like that um, even like you know I don't know like Isaac Chiefs maybe like yeah 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 Fratellis um, bands like that and like suddenly it, it clicked and that helped them just to basically set the tone for the songs they're going to write for the next 10 years uh, because th that's what it took for them to unlock their sound and I wonder if that's kind of a thing with this with bands like LCD Sound System starting to peak and like I don't know like Hot Chip and bands like that hmm. yeah I I think this track is just like so good like in a way that is really unironic like Okay. Okay. We talked about our like ironic appreciation of Kai's Chiefs, but like I actually really like this. I like I like the chorus. Um, okay. It, yeah. Quite derivative, but like it's it sounds bold. It sounds like re like it's dark lyric again. This is a concept album um, about starting with nothing, ending nothing. You start with nothing and you leave with nothing. Um, yeah. This is the most bleak Ricky Wilson has ever written. Like it is, yeah, yeah. Oh, say, though, he softens up though, doesn't he? Like uh, he's starting to kind of make these admissions that um, that he's he's gaining nothing from doing what he's doing. Um, uh, so he's our protagonist, Richard Wilson, is 
um, just on his own, moping around on the circle line, the same line on the London Underground. Yeah, but it's, 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 it's to be fair, I like that lyric because I do. Um, it's it's a really good metaphor for just going in circles, which is in itself a metaphor. But like, circle usually, line. layers. Like he's yeah, exactly. Like usually, Ricky is Ricky. Uh, he's Ricky to me now. I'm first name terms with him, but he's very keen to um, quite boldly just slap on um you know like idioms or phrases or whatever um in his lyrics whereas there he's gone for he's gone one step below and you know i'm aware that it's not you know it's not leonard cohen or whatever but like it's it's interesting that he's taken a different approach this time i think that's probably quite as you know a theme of this whole thing that he's very much not doing what he's done in the past hmm. yeah it's he's definitely like they've got an intent on this album to kind of like do something different and i genuinely respect that like yeah yeah absolutely artists have a duty to change you know or try something different um and the part of the reason why people so many people berate the kaiser chief is because they've written the same song 50 billion times so fair play to them you know trying something completely different like even if i don't like an album that like is a but is like a experimentation from the band yeah definitely I respect the fact that they actually did that. Like, yeah, definitely. I, I, think... Th I think that's. Uh, I'm trying to think like of, of um, recent um, albums, but um, like, have you heard the new um, the new Elbow album? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because um, I'm I'm quite a fan of that that record because like um, that's that's instead of going for the whole orchestral thing that Elbow are really good at which they're arguably the best at that you know in terms of yeah. like uh, do they classify as an indie band Elbow I don't I I'd, I'd classify them like I I'd, I'd put it I put them in there but like kind of in the same yeah. of indie as like Doves or Richard Hawley Yeah I was gonna say, right. uh, they're an indie band who don't make indie music right yeah. Um so but like in terms of like indie bands go they they are probably the best ever at that kind of like orchestral you know very pretty very expensive sounding music you know mm. Um spent a lot on those on their on their new record they've just kind of neglected that and just gone like this is going to be a bit more acoustic it's going to be a bit more intimate uh and it's going to fit it feels a lot more like a guy Garvey solo record um and i really like that they've done that and i think that 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 makes me like the album more uh for the fact that they've gone for quite a it's not that brave an approach when you're a band like elbow it's not like um you know it, I, i'm trying to think of like um like the Fratellis, for example, doing the, their Half Drunk Under a Full Moon record where that's got more like strings in it and stuff. Yeah. Um, um, which again, like I like that. I like that album more. And like, I'm not really a fan of the Fratellis like you are, but like, um, I, I respect that album more for the fact that they've not gone, right, let's try and remake Costello music, which was massive in 2007. And it's like, yeah, that was huge in 2007 because that's when you made it, you know? Uh, it's a fair play to you for trying something completely different. Yeah. Um, I play again another answer like that. Say if you're in 2004 and you're a diehard Manix fan and they've just released Lifeblood. Um, yeah. Like, again, yeah. I, I love Lifeblood. Um, but yes, at the too. time, a lot of people didn't. Yeah, yeah. And I remember I used to, with Lifeblood specifically, so that was one of the first Manix albums I grew up with. I think that was actually the first Manix album I ever listened to was, was Lifeblood. Ooh. Um, uh, because like I was kind of raised on the Manix, so I didn't have any kind of perspective of like, oh yeah, this is the good stuff, this is the bad stuff. Uh, I can remember "Design for Life" was like one of the first songs I ever heard, like ever. Uh, but I think "Lifeblood" was the first one that I ever sat down and listened to. Uh, it was either that or "Send Away the Tigers." So um, uh, 
I definitely liked a lot of the stuff on there. There was some stuff on there that I didn't like as much that I still don't like as much. But um, I then realized it was cool to hate Lifeblood and I just stopped listening to it. Mm. And then as, as I have grown up, uh, I've realized that actually that's that's one of my favorite Manix albums still. Same. Um, I, I just have nothing but where, when we saw him on the This Is My Truth tour, they played Solitude something Solitude sometimes is from that record. And like Maybe. I was like the only person in the room who was having a good time to that song. Um that, that was great. I really, really like that song. Um as you say, like that's very different from, you know, um like motorcycle emptiness or generation terrorist stuff that yeah, it's a it's it's um a departure. A song for departure. Yes. Song for departure. Ah guess guess who produced guess who produced Lifeblood? Tony Fisconti. Tony Fisconti. Yes. Yeah. Layers. Layers. Yes. Yes. Um, I didn't even put that together until you mentioned it. Uh, yeah. Speaking of Tony Visconti, um, he produced an album called Future is Medieval by Kaiser Chiefs. Oh, um, really? Never heard of it. Never heard of it. Um, we've just made this Nor up. anyone else. Blue. I, think, I guess we're a bit out of focus. That's actually a really good idea for an episode. Have somebody come on and just make up an album. Oh, my God. Yes. Last ever episode is going to be like, oh, God. That might be a future Christmas special, you never know. Um, yeah. But I think we've been a bit too out of focus for the past five minutes. Shall we get nice. back into out of focus? That's, that was a very good segue. another bit of a bit another bit of a banger this is this is quite an interesting one i think um i think this is like i kind of coasted through the first sort of five or so tracks um on that first listen but this this like um didn't like i'm not saying it like grabbed me it like captivated me but this is where i kind of started to alarm bell started to ring of like oh shit ricky wilson's not having a good time here yeah um and it's weird because like i thought either this is shit or it's genius. Um, it's kind of got that, that Kanye West life of Pablo style thing where, you know, you don't know whether uh, he's being deliberately blunt or he can't think of better lyrics. I think it's the former. I think that he's, he's that he knows what he's doing based on what we've already discussed. I think that yeah. he very much, this is, this is him being deliberately absent. Um, th this is, th this song is either about absolutely nothing at all or it's about total hysteria um, yeah. on his part. Yes, um, it's it's got a very classic self-deprecating lyric from him. Like, yeah, it's like nothing happened when everything happened. Say again, sorry, say that one again. It's not entertaining being entertaining. 
Yeah, exactly. Whereas, like, if Ricky Wilson is anything, he is entertaining, isn't he? Oh, uh, guys, and that's man. him. That's him saying, like, yeah, but think about me. Yeah, for a second, because about... you don't think about you. You don't think, and it's you know, there's a whole deep dive on mental health to be done out of this. But like, you think you look at somebody like Ricky Wilson, who's in the public eye, and you don't think of him as a human being, really. You just think of him as a meme in the in yeah. the best way possible. You don't think like you look at him, and you don't possibly think he could ever be sad because he's so um, his whole public outwardly joy giving, like, happy chappy, and like yeah, exactly, and Ricky. um. Exactly. And he's, you know, he's great, great for that. You know, he's great value with Ricky Wilson, as I say, like, I've got a lot of time for him. Um, yeah. So like him saying, like, I find myself laughing because everyone's laughing. It's like that thing where you like, you suddenly realize he's human. It's like, oh, wait, like, is he just doing this because that's what he thinks people want him to do? Or is he just, you know, going with the flow of life? You know, it's weird to think that these all these thoughts will have gone through his head at some point in his life. Um, and yet you don't see it because you only know him from the moment he became famous onwards. You don't know what happened before that. No, like we don't we don't know the person behind the mask, shall we say? Um, yeah, yeah. By the way, he is definitely going on the masked singer in the next. Year. Absolutely, yes. He, he might. Like, I'm shocked he's not done it already. Like Sophie Alspex has done it. Justin Hawkins has done it. Like he is he is like the ringleader of that pantheon of meme naughty singers. Yes, yes. I don't know who else could do it, like Craig David or like. Oh, Craig David could absolutely do it. Um, the lead singer from Aha did it, you know. Oh shit! Yeah, they did. Yeah, they yeah. got it. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think who else would do it. I oh. mean, I could see, I could see John Fratelli doing it. Uh, I don't know. Like, thing is, John, he 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 didn't really do much. Like, he's just content to stick to the music. Really, I don't. Okay, really fair enough. He doesn't do TV appearances and stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, okay, fair enough. Uh, but who else could do it? Uh, by the way, welcome to the official Mass Singer podcast. Um, yeah, yeah. My uh, name's Joe Domit. Uh, my name is uh, Kerry Katona. Um, I don't know who else hosted um, the Mass Singer. Uh, Jonathan Ross. John, I'm I'm Jonathan uh, Ross. I'm not going to do a cheap uh, joke about his lisp. Um, uh, yeah. Who? I've got a lot of time for Jonathan Ross. Actually, I like him. Um, yeah, they got. I think Mary Gold from JLS. Oh yeah, yeah, of course, of course. I mean, for the record, the master singer is a pile of shit. Um, but like, I was really intrigued by the level of like B-listers that they were getting on there. Um, so I found myself actually watching a little bit of it um, last year when we were when we were in lockdown. I will add, I had we were all nothing better singers. to do. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, Maybe for real uh, master singer was. And I, I found that Jonathan Ross was actually the perfect host of that because like he knows literally everybody. Like he has a really good like memory of just every everybody who's ever been famous ever, and I think that's that's extremely commendable on his part. Yeah, they got Jake Shears from Scissor Sisters. They got Skin from Skunk and Nancy. They've got Kelly. Oh yeah. Um. Oh wow. Okay. Fair play. They've got quite a few. Those are those are some like not big names, but those are some names. Yeah, they are definitely names. Uh, yeah. How how many years until Pete Doherty goes on it? Oh my god, imagine, imagine. <laughs> he, but he's got such an identifiable voice, he'd just be out in the first episode. Yeah, yeah. Did you see that they got Kermit the Frog on the American? Yes, one? yes. That was amazing. And they, they have like genuine like celebrities on that because like Tony Hawk was on it. Um, the, the, they've got some like huge, huge people have been on that. I've, I've, I've got nothing against Jonathan Ross, I think he's fine. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, speaking of Jonathan Ross, um, 
during 2008, uh, during that scandal with Andrew Sachs um, on the radio with Russell Brand, um, where he he could either have been dead or in serious trouble. By the way, before we go on to this, I just want to say that there is um, a, a lyric from that last track we were on about that I've already forgotten the name of, where he out says... Um, You're a bit out of focus uh, there. Yeah, where he says, I don't even work here, I just operate the curtains, which I think is a vintage Ricky Wilson lyric. That is a classic Ricky lyric. Like, that's going in the Hall of Fame, along yeah. with, like, Come Back Stronger Than a Powered Up Pac-Man, um, uh, Suck More Blood Than a Backstreet Dentist. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're, anyway, a, if you're a Backstreet you... Dentist, then you're probably either dead or in serious trouble, um, just yeah. like this next track. <laughs> you are if you're dead then you probably are in serious trouble yeah yeah the two aren't mutually exclusive um there's a lyric here um it spreads through the city like a handmade virus how yeah, do you make well. a virus yeah not sure not sure but clearly overshadowing omicron right yes yes did they predict the COVID a riot they did they did predict a riot true um i don't like this track i don't think no there's there's kind of murder mystery vibes to this. The lyrics are extremely specific. Yeah, uh, I don't it's about it, it like feels, a thing. It feels a bit more Kaiser Chiefs this song, I think. It feels yeah. more like a kind of like Kaiser Chiefs B-side or album track of one of the early early albums. Um, with him saying like, his photograph's taken in 1980 in a New York subway train. Like those are very specific references he's making there. So this is clearly about an event. I think this is some kind of murder mystery song. I can't really yes. figure it out, but it doesn't really fit in with what he's been talking about so far. Or does it? Who knows? It could all fit together. Maybe his partner's been murdered. Who knows? Yeah, again, like this is an album that barely anyone knows exists. So there's not really much information on it. So... I've just got to draw my own conclusions. I think this is probably based off a real event. I don't know. I um, assume it is. I assume it's something, you know, he's read in a history book or something. Yeah. I mean, again, we'll get to, like, things that Ricky Wilson has read later on in the album. Um, yes. But, um, I don't like this track uh, because it's just a chasm yeah. of noise and ideas. I don't think the Hammond I... fits at all. Like, I can't help but feel like you listened to Sandinista once and just thought, I'm going to try and make that. Yeah. It, it, I think that his vocals on this sound very Sandinista by The Clash. Uh, it's, it, like you said, it's, it's very... either a good or a bad thing. I can't really figure that out. I love yeah. The Clash, but I don't know whether I'll like your point of view. It's about five hours long. And yeah, I like you said, it's very it's it's typically Kaiser Chiefs, which again, depending on your point of view, could either be a good thing or a bad thing for the album. But I just think it's like you've done so much so much cool shit so far on this album, like sure. and a bit disappointing to just go back to square one. Sure. But you can choose to not have it on the album, is the good you news. Could, yes. I could swap it out for one of the um bonus tracks. Um yeah. Hello Ode to the Mets, or whatever it's called. 
<laughs> to the Mets. <laughs> Imagine sticking that on the end of this. Imagine how out of place that track would yeah. look. Cousin in the Bronx, that's it. That's Cousin in the Bronx. Sorry, New very, York. Very different. That's Sorry, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that 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 last song could have been retitled "New York City Cops" and no one would have batted an eyelid. Cops, just a cover version. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I... there's, a, there's a track called "I Dare You," which I had to check wasn't an XX cover. <laughs> just writing other people's songs before they even like yeah happen. Um, yeah, I have a feeling I'm gonna forget this song as soon as like we stop doing this whole mad madness. Um, like when all is quiet yeah maybe maybe this song is just dead or in serious trouble ah, i just made a joke about the next track yeah but all maybe was you qui- forget about it when all is quiet but from my end all was quiet ah uh, okay this is this is called riffing yes it is this is this is good band. question in one of the opening lyrics when when you are the last apple pie in the shop what are you gonna do <laughs> it's so ricky wilson it's great just like those moments where he has a return to return to form and it's like it's good that you're not trying to be bob dylan too much because that wouldn't be authentic ricky it's very it's very much still true to him when he's writing um more deeply personal songs you know and he's still writing about apple pies in shops um and you know when you're the when you physically are the okay i'm gonna i'm gonna put you in a situation here cameron yes you are the last apple pie in the shop what oh, do no. you do what do i do um i just rot i sit around and wait to be eaten um like i've got no company there's no other apple pies with me um no 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 let's say you're in like um uh like uh, a petrol service station that serves apple pie that's the shop yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Like okay. the one in Alan Partridge, the apple pie that's hotter than the sun. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So, what do I do? I just, like, well, I think I'll, I'll turn the question around. What, are, what aren't I going to do? <laughs> you just mugged Charles Richard Wilson off. Uh, yeah. What, when I'm the last apple pie in the shop, I'm just going to sit around and wait to be eaten until I go out of date, and then I just get yeah. chopped in the bin. Great metaphor. It's, see, Ricky, he respects his audience. He's got to, like we can complete his metaphors for him. He doesn't just, riffing. he doesn't just lead everything, leave everything on a plate. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I, so audience. I, I quite like this song actually. Um, I do. It's I very, think it's, it's very simply written. I think yeah. that 
it's extremely straightforward um and i think that's 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 quite nice i think that really works um i think it's quite a nice way to kind of bring it down a peg after the last last track i think the piano sounds extremely like madness uh, oh god yeah kind of late madness i think kind of like uh tracks like dip uh, drip fed fred nw5 love struck and like so uh, sh there's there's one piano line that sounds exactly like the uh, the madness song shut up um uh that that's does a bit um uh it's it's very very madness this and i i think i think it really works there's kind of like quite a, a haunting kind of emotiveness to this and i quite like that yeah the, the piano it started is very slinky like i'm not a madness fan and i had no clue what any of those songs you mentioned are okay um, yeah but like i you must know nw5 that's a, that's a great great I don't uh, you don't okay full, dis full disclosure uh, i have seen madness live um yeah at why not and i do like them i thought that was a great set but like all i know, uh, is, all I know all you I still ought know to is hits. right okay you ought to listen to a track called drip fed fred which i just mentioned it has right ian jury uh ian jury um Prop features on fred. it as a vocalist uh and it's a really really good tune i remember that was a tune I, I kind of grew up with i've not heard that song in years but i used to absolutely love it um the the main kind of like chorus goes we want freddy for our leader freddy is a man of class which i just think is a is a really good lyric and you can see why as a kid that would stick in my head uh and that's got um yeah ian jury doing the the kind of the extra vocals on it it's it's great it's um a song i've not heard in many years but i used to absolutely love so yeah there's a tangent nice well you've been listening to night boat cairo a madness podcast um yes when you have a last apple pie in the shop, you listen to mad, 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 mad. Great tune. Um, I the, the chorus is very Beatlesy, like the harmonies. I'm getting big, like Good Day Sunshine vibes. Yeah, I can see that. I can see a bit of um, you know, Lennon McCartney in this. Yes. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I know what you mean though, because like, um, I mean, like, uh, Paul more so than John, but like. They're b both of them to an extent like are very simple songwriters like you know the the, the shit they would have written you know like um good day sunshine is, is quite a good example actually um you know it, it's not like they really like go out the way to say really weird outlandish things like until obviously later later on when they're writing you know being for the benefit of mr kite or whatever um but yeah i can see that i can definitely see that yes fantastic um We've got some, again, some lyrical introspection. I think Ricky's kind of moving to a more positive place. Maybe I have missed the greatest day of my life. I hope that isn't true. Ladies I've kissed could have all been my wife, but none of them were you. Yeah, I, I find that quite an interesting one, actually, because um, that that does that does make it feel like there's, there's some regret in there. Um, yes. It feels like he's done something wrong. Um, and he's kind of doubling over in his mind. I think that's quite an interesting um, kind of verse that you've just read out. Yeah, it's a definite foreign to his state of mind. Um, I feel like the thing about maybe missing the greatest day of his life is like, um, oh, wait, I could have married you type thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think that's kind of like, a, oh, wait, I should have had a wedding with this person who maybe doesn't exist anymore. Maybe, you know um doesn't exist in his life anymore i don't know um it's quite an interesting one but or maybe he's just reminiscing about somebody who doesn't exist in the first place who knows mm, very true see you're not going to get this level of deep analysis on kai's chief lyrics on any other podcast no this is why feel good album club is the greatest podcast in the entire world <laughs>
Merry Christmas. Uh, this this next one is called "Kinda Girl You Are." It's a short little single that goes a little something like this. I only wanna see the. I only wanna see the kind of girl you are. I only wanna see the. I only wanna see the kind of girl you are. I only wanna see the. This is classic, classic Kaiser Chief sound. The oh. Yes. It's not a na-na-na, but it's a oh, which is, honestly, I'll settle for it. The next best thing, yeah. Now, this track is a bit of an oddity, because if you go onto Spotify and listen to The Future is Medieval, and this track isn't there. Not. It's the in- only track in the world that isn't on, the, on that on Spotify. And there's about 20 tracks. This is one of the singles as well. So that's quite interesting. So you found it on the singles collection and had to paste it in, didn't you? Yes, yes, I did. I've got for full disclosure, I've collated a pod, I made a playlist with all of the tracks from the CD version of the album, and I just had to put this in from Souvenir of a Singles 2004 to 2012. And I hadn't heard this song before. No, no, there's obviously it's a singles compilation, so there's three tracks here on singles compilation um right okay and two like they're all on the latter half so it's a it's it's an album that they are deliberately ignoring some might say conspiracy might say um yeah i think this track's fine it's okay Um, it's just it's fine yeah um this song is um is actually about mick jagger um uh because ricky wilson wants to see the rolling stones but tickets are obviously expensive uh he first heard them on the radio and he thought they were American, but actually they're from the south of England. Um, so I think this song is about Mick Jagger. I, if I was singing to the Rolling Stones for the first time, I would not say that they were American. Well, I, I did. I did my dissertation on the fact that he tries to sound American. Um, oh, okay. Sorry, I've been yeah. out. out. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did it largely on Alex Turner and the the change of his um, uh, his uh, voice to that rock and roll a. Eh? Um, uh, oh, from yeah. from being all right, uh, we we are sit monkeys from Highbury and Sheffield. Oh yeah, don't believe the hype, you know. Um, but yeah, get on your the... dancing shoes, dancing, <laughs> ladies. Anyway, um, uh, yeah, this song's this song's fine. Um, I found out that uh, you know he references from Saint Bartholomew's to Gloucester Avenue. Uh, it's a forty-two minute drive according to Google Maps. Um, so he said, um, no other choice. I heard a voice and fell in love with you from St. Bartholomew's to Gloucester, Gloucester Avenue. No one can do what you do. Oh, um, so yeah, I just thought I would shed some light on, um, on that journey. <laughs> Quite like, this is the kind of introspection that like Kaiser Chiefs fans uh, are looking for. Like I remember like on the Taylor Swift episode, me and Lucy Harbin talked about the London boy map that somebody created like i don't know if you've heard the song london boy by taylor swift but like 
is it on is it is on folklore no it's on the album um, that, on lover right um, oh and... okay i have heard that album but i only listened to it once but so, somebody yeah. like realistically calculated the journeys that Taylor Swift would have to make in the song, like all the landmarks right. she makes, and like she'd be spending like 50, 50 to hundred quid in the whole day. Okay, I mean, um, how many landmarks do you go to? I can't remember, but like okay. there's a lot. Okay, okay, that doesn't sound too bad, especially if you're Taylor Swift. She's fucking stacked. Yeah, that'd be like getting a scratch card or something like. Yeah, exactly, exactly. If like hopping on the thirty-six, if you're in Nottingham, you know. It's true. My favorite lyric in this song is "Then I saw you in a centerfold. You were looking cold." <laughs> that's yeah. I mean, that's exactly. You you were just uh, just an in just an artfully positioned piece of mistletoe, mentally dressing you. I want to rescue you and make you all mine. Oh, is how is Ricky Wilson a simp in this song? Yes, I think he is. I think he is. I think he's simping. Yeah, more like Simpy Wilson. That's what they're going to call him from now on. Yes. So Simpy Wilson, um, <laughs> he. I'm not going to stick with that. <laughs> no, that joke is dead in the water. <laughs> um, I just couldn't think of something to say, so I just called him Simpy Wilson to Phil. With Ricky Filson. Nice. Nice question mark. Um, did yeah. you believe they put a man on Mars? Tune. Tune. Um, is this next tune tune though? We'll see. We will see. Man on Mars. If you're like me and listening to this album for the first time and you get to this track suddenly you think who the fuck is that singing that's not ricky wilson and yeah this track was sung by nick hodgson the band's drummer yes it was actually it was sung by tony Visconti. um <laughs> no yeah that's quite an interesting departure isn't it um yeah. but they released this as a single as well it was so a the single first card chief single without ricky wilson singing on it because, you know, who knew that they had another person with... He's got quite a decent voice, actually, I think, um, on this track. Yeah, he's not bad. This, this track kind of sounds very like Devo, like 80s New Wave. Yeah, I was trying. I, I was just trying to figure out who it is that it sounds like. There's some, I've, some, I've got somebody in the back of my head, but, like, I don't know if, like, the, um, the flat vocals just kind of remind me of, like, um, when you get, like, um, 
somebody who speaks English as a second language kind of singing in English, you know, like, you know, like, you know, when you listen to like Sigrid or like Phoenix, you know, they've got quite flat vocals, but like it really works and they really find a sign that works for them. That's what it kind of reminds me of having him um, singing on this. I don't know about you, but yeah. Yes. Um, the question is like, are his lyrics worse than Ricky's? Well, Look, my hat off is... in the rain today. It wasn't the first time. This is quite interesting. Do you know the story about the lyrics to this song? No, no, it's their background. There is a story and you Ooh. are about to have your socks and maybe your cock blown off by this. So um, let me tell you that the, the NME headline for this is Kaiser Chiefs rejected David Bowie's lyrics for new album, The Future is Medieval. Oh, wow. And also revealed that the album was influenced by Oasis's Be Here Now. Um, so allegedly, so Nick Hodgson, um, in an in an interview, um, said that um, he'd asked Tony Visconti um, to consult David Bowie about this song in particular, "Man on Mars." Mm-hmm. Um, Tony texted David asking for suggestions to finish off a verse on "Man on Mars," and he came up with a couple of lines. Hodgson recalled, "I'm such a big Bowie fan, I can't believe I'm saying this, but they just weren't right, so I've missed out on a Hodgson slash Bowie writing credit." Gutted. Um, oh. Yeah, so allegedly he sent this song off to David Bowie uh, to finish off a verse, and we'll try and figure out which one in a minute, I think. Um, and uh, David Bowie came back with something and he thought, not quite right. However, there's a second part to this. Ooh, I'm on 10 talks. Another with the exact same um, like uh, thumbnail NME article. Tony Visconti re- refutes Kaiser Chiefs' claims that they rejected David Bowie's lyrics. The producer said that uh, the idea of Bowie writing words for the Kaiser Chiefs is absurd. <laughs> um, producer Tony Visconti has re- refused these claims that Nick Hodgson made uh, about the future is medieval. Um, Hodgson said, Tony texted David uh, about these blah, 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 these suggestions. Um, Visconti has now denied this, telling NME, I've never asked David Bowie to write um, lyrics for Kaiser Chiefs. I was hired for the uh, production job because of Nick's obsession with Bowie and T-Rex. I freely shared some of my production secrets with them, but that did not include getting Bowie to write lyrics for them. That is absurd. God. Oh, my God. So So... there's a bit of a post-production beef by the sounds of it. So he probably, Tony Visconti probably didn't have that good a time making, making the album. Like, I assume that, like, Nick Hodgson would be like, oh, I'll tell stories about Bowie and what about your connections? And But at the same time, if Nick Hodgson is telling the story correctly, then, like, imagine getting, like, getting lyrics from Bowie and just being like, nah, that's not good enough. Let's... Right, yeah. So um, I'm going to open up the uh, Man, on, Man on Mars lyrics uh kaiser chiefs of course it makes sense this is the one that the consult um david bowie from given he you know ziggy Ooh, stardust starts spiders from mars you know um i think that i can see that the thing is the impression i get from this song is that he's deliberately tried to write a song that sounds quite bowie inspired to get the approval of visconti and potentially bowie himself um, so they can send this off and potentially get something back and tell this story. Um, that, that I can't help but but feel that's the case. But like, I get, I get the impression that the 
um, the verse that they wanted finishing off is the one where he talks about rats in a suitcase. And I feel like whatever the fuck David Bowie wrote for them has to be better than that lyric. Rats in a suitcase. And and the picture of a factory floor, rats in a suitcase, I've seen it all before. I mean, I have seen it all before. Like, obviously, I've seen rats in a suitcase. It's their house. Like, but when you have you... a last app, when you have a last apple pie in the shop, you just get waiting to get eaten by rats. Yeah, in. yeah. But if you give David Bowie, um, if you say to him, hi, hi, David Bowie, writer of songs such as Heroes and Life on Mars and other amazing tracks, both instrumental and lyrical. Um, hi, David Bowie, that guy. Hi, David. Um, uh, in fact, should we do a little screenplay about this? You can play David Bowie. I'll okay. be Nick Hodgson. Okay. Uh, hi, hi, David Bowie, uh, writer of those great songs. Oh, hi, Nick Hodgson, right, drummer of Kaiser Chiefs. How are you, David Bowie? I'm fine, you know. I've not released any new material in eight years. Um, I've just done a guest role on SpongeBob SquarePants. Um, I'm really enjoying my time off. I'm not doing anything musical, musically related. Uh, how are you, Nick Hodgson? Uh, I'm okay. Uh, I do things uh, musically related because I drum for a band called Kaiser Chiefs. Have you heard of us? Oh, I might have done. I might have turned on the radio and heard one of your little tunes. Uh, did you do I Predict an Argument? Uh, I Predict a Riot, David. But oh, that's yes, the one, yeah, yeah, that's the one. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. Do you like the song? I thought it was a nice little number. Yeah, like. No, thanks, to... David Bowie. That means a lot to me. Um, I actually, I'm, I'm quite, I quite like your work as well, actually. I quite like T Rex as well. Come to think of it, we're actually working with your man Tony Visconti at the minute. Um, oh yeah. Uh, and we're actually having this conversation via him, um, but we're simplifying it for the sake of a podcast. Anyway, um, could I ask you a quick favour, David Bowie, writer of those amazing songs? I'm here, aren't I? So yeah, go for it. Um, could you just finish off some lyrics for me? I mean. If you give me the papers and I'll have a look at them. Okay, the lyric that I'd like you to finish off is <laughs> And the coffee is medicine. It's hard to remember. I've seen it all before. I can't think of like a second half to that verse. What do you think, David Bowie? Hmm, let the me... coffee is medicine. It's hard to remember. I've seen it all before. I'm not finishing that, I'm afraid. Okay, fair enough. Uh, that would be absurd if you did, David Bowie. I, mean, I can't. Uh, let, let me think. Factory floor. You know, there's rats in a suitcase down there. You know, I've, I've seen it before. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Don't worry, David Bowie. Nice to speak to you. Good luck with uh, the rest of your journey, and and hopefully in in upwards of ten years' time, we can we can meet up because uh, you will still be alive. Yes, um, I'll probably see you backstage uh, on the pyramid stage at Glastonbury, where you'll be headlining in ten years. Yes. Yeah, and so will you. Yes, yes, we'll be headlining yes. together. Okay, um, co-headlining. Don't, 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 don't tell people that you turned down my lyrics, because I never wrote any. Okay, okay, I, I won't, I won't. Hang on, uh, sorry, David, I've got to hang up this call. Enemy are phoning me. Uh, but see ya, bye, 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 bye. Oh, well. That, that, was, that was a good screenplay. He sounded a bit like a child of a Jago. <laughs> <laughs> I really felt I got into character. as Yeah, I felt something weird would happen there. Like, it was almost kind of alien. Like, we just morphed into our characters. Like, yeah. it's almost as if David Bowie hasn't been dead since 2016. Like, um... Doubt it. Doubt it. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah. Um, 
it's like they tried to make this sound as spacey as possible. So let's add synths in there. Let's add like delayed guitars in there. This sounds like space. This sounds like David Bowie. Yeah. Um, so I'm not really a fan of this track. Um, no, yeah. no. Um, I think that Nick Hodgson's been bullshitting about it as well. I so think, I think that does, that's not a good look. Yeah. If Tony Visconti is being like, actually, he's lying, like, I never contacted There's him. There's no chance that David Bowie would just write for simply like uh, Kaiser Chiefs. Like, Arcade Fire makes sense that he, you know, wants to work with them, given they're like his favourite band or whatever. Yeah. But I think that Kaiser Chiefs is a bit of a stretch. I mean, he turned down working, he turned down writing with Coldplay. Right, okay. If he's going to turn down writing with Coldplay, he's not going to write for Kaiser Chiefs, is he? No. Especially on this, The Future is Medieval, an album that, you know, like, was kind of designed to slip under the radar, you know. Hmm. I think that, I reckon Hodgson had a lot of cheek asking for David Bowie on this. Yes, like, it. but if you don't ask, you don't get. True, very true. And, you know, who knows, he might be telling the truth. Yes, he might be. Um, so, um... Sorry, Child of the Jago. Track 10, Child of the Jago. Uh, this is going to be our long app, um, but it's worth it. It's a Christmas special. Um, Child of the Jago. interesting this one is isn't it i think this is the most interesting one so far this is where the title of the album comes in and the last yes. bit of the song where ricky starts the is medieval. yes uh so full, full context a child for jago is an 1896 novel written by arthur morrison the Jago being a ter- I am reading this off genius.com. I am not getting this off my mind. Uh, the Jago being a term for the old Nicole slum in London where many children were known to die before reaching age one. The purpose of the novel was to show the gradual corruption of a basically decent boy. Morrison wrote that the Jago was where children were born and reared in circumstances which gave them no reasonable chance of living decent lives, whether they were born foredamned to a criminal or semi-criminal career. Um, yeah, so... If you're a child. That's quite interesting. It's very, it's it's a huge turn from oh everything is average nowadays or na 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 you know to suddenly go into this. Uh, writing about his English lit research. You say it's a crime novel type thing, you know. Um, you know, it's, anyway, quite a dark um, story that he's writing. You know, Ricky Wilson writing about literature feels like quite a departure. I think this is a cool thing to write a song about. To be fair, like. Um, I think objectively, this is this is this is quite a good song. Um, I would say. I think that uh, this is your nightmare calling is a really good opening line. Um, 
Also, the thing I was just saying about bands who were present immediately influencing you a minute ago. Yeah. The fact that the, the lyric Trouble Will Always Find You comes in two years later, the National release an album called Trouble Will Find Me. Coincidence? Coincidence? I think not. No, like... I think that song, that album is named after this song, definitely. Trendsetters. Oh yeah, I forgot yeah. to mention, this album has a completely different name in America. It's called Start the Revolution oh, really? About Me. Oh, okay. That's quite interesting. That's also quite um a, quite a, a dark... Charged lyric. Yeah. Removing yourself from a situation. I also didn't realise the Kaiser Chief really existed in America. That never really uh, kind of occurred to me. I think they don't, but like... Yeah. Why... Future's medieval. Why wouldn't Americans have like gelled with that? Yeah, that's quite an interesting one. That's quite interesting. Uh, so with this song with Charles DeJago in terms of like, I I once again get kind of like murder mystery vibes from this, but this time instead of Sherlock Holmes murder mystery, it's a bit more Scooby Doo murder mystery. You know? <laughs> yes. Oh God, just unpeeling the mask, be like Ricky but, Wilson. <laughs> Yeah, so, so there's one lyric that really like stung in this, which is that it's easy to disappear when you know nobody would miss you. That's qu that's quite a kind of triggering lyric, isn't it? That like, yeah. it's, it's, you know, it's kind of like, you kind of assume the worst on that. Quite sad. Yeah, no, very. It's, yeah. Um, I didn't really notice yeah. that this time around. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, think it, I think it's quite an interesting tune. I think that, as we've discussed before, the lyric, the future is medieval, repeated what eight times here is oh, more than that 10 times um the future is medieval is is um uh, repeated um that's that's really dark i think that um he really wants to kind of hammer that home that like you know try and make it like this not so joyous sing-along that ricky wilson's immediate future is bleak it's not ricky wilson's it's whoever the protagonist going for is given that this this is about you know a work of literature rather than uh, about his own life but um who knows it's maybe something you could relate to because we've seen the, the other themes that pop up on this album so far yes um it's not one of my favorites on the album but it's definitely one of no. the most interesting and i, respect I think it's it. i think it's one of my favorites on the record yeah like it's definitely like it's one of those albums that, one of those songs that kind of like sums up everything about the album you know the themes like the yeah. exploration the city is a like... cemetery is quite a dark lyric like it's not really like it, it's kind of kind of cheesy but in the same way not it's still got that kind of like dong 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 um, oh yeah but yeah I, 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 on my first listen i thought eh but it's grown on me. This I think I think that this is objectively better than most Kaiser Chiefs songs in terms of like the subject matter and, you know, like the future is medieval thing to fade the song out. I think that objectively, just purely as, as a song is better than like majority of Kaiser Chiefs songs. Whether you enjoy it less is completely different because Kaiser Chiefs are there to be enjoyed rather than objectively looked at. Uh, that's kind of their purpose as a band. And that's mm. why I like them, you know. Um, it's because I enjoy them, not because, you know, um, I think they're genius, whatever. Yeah, uh, we, yeah, we've probably been talking for Kaiser Chiefs longer than any other human being ever has been talking about Kaiser Chiefs. Yes, it's true. Um, it's very true. But once they hear this break maybe they will start i don't know i can't think of anything else here's heard it break track 11 off this 13 track masterpiece <laughs>
Now, when this came on, I was just immediately like bopping. Uh, it's such a musical departure um, from what you would expect from this band. And the central lyric in the song, um, I, it feels like I broke my heart again, but it's just a sprain. I, yeah, I don't think it's that much of a departure, to be honest. I think that this feels a bit more like a Kaiser Chiefs meme song. I, I don't think know. this song's that good. Um, I, don't know. I don't know if it's just because he's repeating the same stuff and it's really Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I feel like he wrote that lyric and it's like, mm, that's actually a decent line. Let's let's pretty much base the entire song around this. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and then he, he thought of the whole thing about broken heart or just a sprain. Thought, oh, that's a decent metaphor. Let's turn that into a song. Yes. Um, and it feels like the whole song is just trying to turn every medical term you can think of into a metaphor. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, so, for example, if that, yeah. was, if that was like an Alex Turner lyric, then that would have just been its own line. Just that's true. Yeah, that's quite an interesting approach to something like this. Actually, um, you know, how would Alex Turner have written this song differently? As for Instagram and Twitter, <laughs> um, um, the so the, the big thing that strikes me about this song is he finally breaks down in this song. Yes, and this, this is, is the breaking thing. point. This is the thing where that, that kind of theory I mentioned earlier that he softens up as the album goes on. He makes a key admission at this point and he just straight up on the on the surface says, I'm not coping well, it's starting to tell. And it's like, oh my God, Ricky Wilson, are you okay? <laughs> Do you want a hug? Yeah. But it's like, that's that's a huge point because he's never written something like that in a song before, including on this album. Yeah. Yeah, this is like... This is a proper like kind of breaking point of the album, like you said. Like in the whole um, public eye, he never he never talks about something like that. Let alone just so bluntly to just say, "I'm not coping well." It's starting to tell. No, that's, like, that's that's a huge admission. But like voices who you'd like be more like expecting to be like open about like mental health, like yeah, for example, Frank Turner or like Joe yeah, Talbot, but like yeah, yeah, expect it from Kaiser Chiefs or Ricky Wilson, but like he's finally broken. Like it's finally, he's finally spat those words out. And that's why I think it's quite important that I uh, know that for some people, this might be track one, but uh, I think that's quite important. This comes towards the end of the album that it's finally like, okay, this is, you know, I've got to let this out. And I, like he's cracked. Was this album too lyrically vulnerable for the general public of 2011? I think quite possibly. I think he, he will have wanted it. So like the people quite close to him in the band, whether that is as fans or as friends heard this and he didn't make himself too vulnerable to as, as a public figure. Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like it might not have been the thing people wanted from Kaiser Chiefs. Um, hence why it didn't really sell well. Hence why it's been. Yeah. Hence again, like I think it's what they wanted. Again, kind of like why the Manics don't really play much from the Holy Bible anymore. Like they exactly. might not play much from this anymore because it's just wouldn't doesn't gel. Exactly, and I think that I think they wanted this to just slip under the the radar. I yeah. want, I, I think they wanted this to be the album that the world didn't realize existed. You know, and that's why they they won't play the songs live. You know, they don't reference the songs. It just as hence why we're doing this now because it's crazy that this song exists. No, this album exists. It is, yeah. Um... And after a breaking point, what we get um, is the cooling down period. This is when our protagonist comes up for air. 
Now, credit where credit is due to the Kaiser Chiefs, like, this is genuinely perfectly placed on the album. This is, this is good. I, 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 I think this is, this is really not what I expected from a Kaiser Chief record. No, like, this is their no distance left to run moment, like. It is, it really is, yeah. What a bizarre comparison that is, but you're not wrong at all. It's just the resigning yourself, the moment of admission, like uh, the, the final lyric, if that's okay, then we'll get on fine. And if not, we can call it quits. That's, that's, a, that's, that's, that's a heartbreaking lyric. Like that's awful to hear, isn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, this is a really um, honest song and it's very authentic. I think that usually he's, um, he doesn't leave his songs open to interpretation, you know, mm. whereas this time he kind of does. He yeah. doesn't slap it on too thick, but um, and that's that I've got a lot of respect for that because you realize he's a much deeper songwriter than than you kind of gave him credit for uh, any time before. Um, it's like he's ex kind of escaping a situation where he's done something wrong or he wants forgiveness for something, uh, but he maybe can't figure it out himself. Um, it's it's really quite um, haunting. Yeah, which is a, something I would never have expected to say about a Kaiser Chief song, but like... It's crazy, isn't it? You can't really judge a book by its cover, can you? Um, yeah, yeah, mad it, respect to it. Like, like you said, like his lyrics are very often intentionally silly and like... Yes, yeah, definitely. But this is just kind of like very vague and open to interpretation. Like, if you listen to a Kaiser Chief song, you're not going to be like holding your headphones too close to you, but like, oh God, I relate to this, like... Yeah, yeah, You're just thinking this is this little laugh, aren't you? Yeah, like, like who is Ruby, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, or the... Whereas, like, you know, like, I mean, like, uh, both for both of us, you know, our favourite bands are Biffy Clyro, and, like, mm. you, someone like Simon Neal as a songwriter is... Um, he leaves things incredibly open to interpretation. Yeah. Um, his, his songs are, in the best way, quite vague. Um, uh, and there's the the majority of you know my favorite Biffy Clyro songs. I don't really know what they're about. Um, there's a few like really notable exceptions like Machines and stuff like that, Folding Stars, stuff like that. But like, um, with, that was kind of the impression I got from this. That this is like, this is extremely like, it, he's being honest, but he doesn't want he doesn't want you to know too much because he's regretting something. Yes. It's almost as if he's become self-aware, like yeah, massively. A too much of a confessional album, and he's just like yeah, that's it. It's like a coming out in a way. Like it's it's really quite dark, and like there's a really really cool piano outro on this as well, 
which goes on for about a minute and a half, two minutes, um, which again, I never would have thought it's really artistic, you know, like as a way to lead you into the final track on the album, like, uh, and somebody shredding in the background as well. Like it's a really, really cool second to last track and yeah, mad respect. Like again, like if we're talking objectively, this is one of the, you know, arguably the best objective Kaiser Chiefs song. Uh, I know that they're, they're not about objective. They're, they're about, you know, just what is, you're right, deliberately silly and what's fun. Um, it's it's very strange. We're probably deeping this a bit too much, but yes. yeah. By looking into this way too much, but isn't that what, isn't that what art is? Isn't the point yes. of art less what people put into it and more what people get out of it? Right. Um, so yeah, um, we're almost at the end of this wild, wild journey. And yes. 13, um, here we go. It's If You Will Have Me, um, it's written and sung by the drummer, Nick Hodgson again. Let's hear a bit of it. I don't know if you'll hear this song And if you do, you might not know That it's a tribute to the man who made our world go around I don't know if you'll hear this song But if you do, you're not alone So dance while you can and cry while you can Let the world go around And if you have me I want to be the sun that I was Wow. Wow. Isn't it crazy? Like, I've just pulled up the lyrics sheet and just seeing the word Kaiser Chiefs attached to it. Yeah, I mean, okay, full disclosure, this song, you can, as you can probably tell from the lyrics, uh, is about Nick Hodgson, the death of his dad, um, who was suffering from Alzheimer's. Um, right, okay. If you'll have me, I want to be the boy from the photograph. Um, because he probably couldn't remember who. Oh my God, that's heartbreaking. I was I was going to say even without that knowledge, I was going to say I think this is the best track on the album. I think this is the, this is the one that I kind of looked at and thought like, oh my God, this is this is different, man. This is deep. I didn't actually realize it was Nick Hodgson singing. I, I what I'd assumed was it was Ricky Wilson, but he'd recorded it like on an iPhone or yeah. like he'd recorded it in one take. Um, while he was still a bit crackly about it all, I didn't actually realize that, and that kind of. I started to morph like a whole uh, different kind of, um, I, it still does work because it's still the protagonist, right? But I kind of start to morph this different theory that that's what the whole album's about, is um, uh, having a relative slip away from you. Hmm. Um, and I suppose that's what it could be, you know, um, that, that he's, he's, you know, he's losing a, a loved one to, um, from from his grasp from in the world um and that's something that he's maybe been sort of in denial about and uh doesn't want to face and then this is a really horribly hor horribly powerful song to mm. finish the album yeah like i i was not expecting like that th th those final two tracks to just be kind of as just 
uncharacteristically heartbreaking as they are. Yeah, like, yeah, definitely. Um, really, just yeah, authentic. Like, um, yeah. Again, this is the this was the last album that Nick Hodgson was on. So I don't know if right. that says anything about where he was at the time. Um, sure, but that's really quite striking isn't it especially when the strings kick in as yes, well and like, i was thinking you know i was big, thinking big like, like vibes yeah yeah i could definitely see that and like the um uh just dance while you can is really like a sinister kind of refrain that, that he's got going on here it's quite sad um, yeah. yeah it's 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 really quite um it's very sad and it's very um different from um anything you'd expect from any sort of you know naughty's indie band and not to sort of categorize like that but i think that maybe maybe a song like this uh is a good lesson not to um that these are just yeah. these are just people um exactly like and these are just songwriters yeah so when you go around categorizing bands as just landfill indie remember yeah. that they are but they're a probably somebody's favorite band so like they're not landfill to everybody and you like, like you like know, it, it's not landfill like with somebody with somebody like Kaiser Chiefs and I've chatted shit about Fratellis and Razorlight and whoever Oasis or whatever like I will I will you know I will jokingly you know chat rubbish about them uh, because their lyrics don't mean anything to me but they do to somebody and that really matters um and it doesn't matter if the lyric is you know slowly de walking down the hall faster than a cannonball which makes no sense to me somebody loves that and fair play to you you know, yeah. um, if if you enjoy that, then that's good. And like, I, I've always said this, that like any music I don't like is a missed opportunity for me. Like, um, you know, and somebody else doing that, I can envy that um, because that's, that's something else they enjoy, you know? Yeah, that's a, that's a fantastic statement. Like, I couldn't put it better myself. Um, oh, this album. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, zero nananas on the whole no nananas. This is like in Cars Free when Lightning McQueen doesn't say a chow once. Y yeah, yeah, yeah. What a strange album this is. Uh, this I... was this was definitely worth covering. I think. I think but this is. You know what? I am so glad that I listened to it. Um... Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. I think that it deserved this somebody to pay this attention. Even yeah. if we're not the most qualified people, you know, I'm sure that Kaiser Chiefs diehards probably are. Um, uh, but are. I think that. Yes, I think that that was a really, really interesting thing to discuss. Been a bit because... of a heavy album for a Christmas special, but like probably yeah. But they they didn't you know they wrote this with no care for not you know not sort of sticking to their sound. And uh, I always respect when somebody does that, you know. Um, and as I say, clearly that they wrote it for just the diehards to hear it in mind, and didn't write this for for public release kind of thing. Mm. Um, and it worked, you know. Um, the world didn't take notice of this album. They didn't have the kind of the Jake bug on my one effect of everyone going, oh, this is crap. Let's demote them for this. You know, everyone just went, okay, that's happened. Next one. And then paid attention to that instead. Yeah. So fair play, respect to him. Yeah, it definitely had to exist. Um, and I honestly, like you said earlier, I don't think the band minded that the, the world didn't like pay attention. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It wasn't I, really I, built say... to be a big arena album yeah yeah i've definitely got a lot of respect for the existence of this album um it was it's a super super interesting listen um and just very unexpected for what somebody would think of a band like kaiser chiefs 
maybe next Christmas we'll have to do another album that like a band has just completely forgotten and they don't play live and nobody remembers any of the songs from. Yeah, so it's, that, is, that is potentially good as well. Uh, so that's an important detail. Um, Balance not just... symmetry. Oh yes, hello. I'll, I'll, I'll cover that happily. I'll Cliff cover that happily. Uh, uh, I love that album. What's um, my favorite track from this album? I think I don't know. Earlier, I said it was uh, starts with nothing, but I don't think it is anymore. Uh, I think for me, it's the last two. I think I'm gonna have to go for the last two. Like you said, it's a yeah. tiebreak. Um, yeah, I'm in total agreement. I think. Uh, yeah, I'd probably actually argue that Coming Up For Air is probably my favourite. Um, the last one is really powerful, though, and I think that, um, again, like, talking objectively, that they're, they're very, very good. Um, you know, like, if I, if I wrote the, uh, either of those songs, particularly the last one, like, I'd be quite happy with that, you know. Um, or not, as the case may be, but, yeah. So, I would definitely, like, personally speaking... If I wanted a feel-good album, um, this would not be it, but, like... (laughs) Not at all. But, yeah, I'm glad it exists. I'm glad... And I'm glad I've listened to it. um, Yeah. Very much. In the the feel-good album playlist, I think, for the sake of this, we should just add in Everyday I Love You Less and Less. Yes, I'm going to pop that in. Um, (laughs) To represent this album and this band. Maybe 52 times. Um, Yes. So yeah, uh, that's a that that's the Christmas special of the Feel Good Album Club. I hope you're feeling a bit more festive. Um, yes. Hope, you, hope Santa's brought you everything you wanted. Um, yeah. Hope After you're... talking about the death of a drummer's dad. Yes. Great. Uh, How cheery! A heavy breakup album um, with heavy themes. Um... <sighs> next year, next year we're going to be discussing. Um... Shake up the hawk. I'm trying to think of an album that's oh, close, close to my joy division or like the downward spiral about nine inch nails um thank you very much for coming on to discuss this with me william um that's okay i've i've had a great time um if i recall correctly you're sticking around for the new year's special aren't you that's the plan that's the plan i'll i'll do this i st- i don't really know what the plan is for that but i don't think you do either so i think that's good the plan is uh, this is a good cliffhanger hook, by the way. Listen. Okay, okay. Um, so you know what to expect ne- next week. Um, we're going to be going through the out of the year, month by month, discussing albums um, okay. that have come out this year, um, divulging on various gigs and stuff we've attended. Um, okay. The, all the musical ventures of the year. Um, okay. Alcohol is encouraged. Okay. Um, what about heroin? heroin um that is mandatory okay okay i'll be there i'll be there with my sleeves rolled up <laughs> be there or be squared um so yeah thank you very much william i'm going to stop recording now um okay. cheers bye thank you very much uh jingle jangle uh merry christmas goodbye 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 this is the coda this is the final curtain call the Feel Good Album Club For now Despite it being the end Will I see you again Sometime soon Ooh. Ooh. Got it